on my trip, and when I came back, I'm like, man, I need my money clips. I need to go, go get it. So I looked in my dresser, and it wasn't there. I was like, what? This money clip was awesome because Gene had somebody make it for me, and there I go and just misplace it. So, man, I searched all over the place, and it drove me nuts. It took me a couple days and, and I still couldn't find it. And I'm like, Lord, where is this money clip? And so I kind of just counted it as lost, right? Um, the next morning I woke up and uh, I went to shave because I don't shave every day. I shave every few days. That's the nice thing about being retired from the military. So you military people there, just hang on. It's, it's coming. A day is coming where you don't have to shave every day. So uh, I got up my shaving kit. I start shaving. I look over and guess what I found? I found my money clip. Isn't this a cute little money clip? You can probably hardly see it, but it's a spoon folded and it has my favorite Bible verse and all the names. So I found my money clip and everyone rejoiced. There was great rejoicing. The angels were singing. It was awesome, right? I mean, it was, it was great. But so I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever lost something that was, you know, valuable or maybe sentimental, but then later you found it? Isn't that, isn't that a great feeling? But when you first initially find out that it's lost, you are on mission to find that thing, aren't you? You're on mission. I know, when I, when I thought that money clip was lost, well, it was lost. When that money clip was lost, I started looking. I'm like, okay, if it's not in my dresser, it's got to be in my second location, right? So you go to your second location, and then the third, and then the fourth, and you're like, all right, maybe it's in the freezer. So you check the freezer, right? And it's not, it's not there. But we go on mission to find things that are valuable or sentimental if, if they're lost in our lives. Connect, here at Connect, we have a mission statement. And many of you probably know the mission statement. And we actually have a steel sign that we're going to eventually put back up when the Great Wall of Connect is done. And it tells us what our mission statement is, is to help people reconnect to God and others. Or to help people reconnect to God and people. That's the mission statement of Connect. But I have another question for you. Have you ever thought, what was Jesus' mission statement? Or what was Jesus' mission when he was here on the earth? Now, if I was to ask you that and you would give me a response, I'm sure most of us could come up with a, an idea, and it would probably be mostly correct. You would probably be close to, to being on the mark, or maybe you would even be right on the mark. I don't know. But we do find out in Luke 19 that Jesus tells us exactly what his mission was and is. So let's go ahead and go there real quick. Uh, Luke 19, 1 through 10 is what I'm going to read. There's not all the verses are up there. I'm going to highlight a couple verses. But if you want to get out your electronic devices or your Bibles, I'll be in the NLT is where I'm going to be. Luke 19, starting in verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named uh, Zacchaeus, or Zacchaeus, however you want to pronounce it. I'm going to say Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said. Quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. So Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But listen what verse 7 says. But the people were displeased. He had gone to be 
the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Those people, they always grumble, don't they? Those people grumble all the time. Earlier on in Luke, when Luke meets Levi or Matthew, and right as he's calling him to be a disciple, the religious people of the day called Matthew's friends scum. (laughs) It's just really crazy. It seems that no one is pleased with the people that Jesus hangs out with. Everybody's displeased about that. Let's go back to verse 8. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Wow, right there, that's a heart that has repented, isn't it? I mean, that is totally a repentant heart. Somebody who was doing something but turns in the opposite direction and goes the other way. And he said, if there was people that I cheated, I'll give them four times the amount back. That's amazing. So verse 9 says, Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Verse 10, for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. So right there, Jesus tells us why he came. The mission of Jesus, if you're taking notes with us today, is to seek and save people who are lost. I have notes available. If you want to get up and go and grab notes, that's fine. There's notes available. Jesus' mission. And from Jesus' perspective, there's nothing more valuable than a human being. And when Jesus rescues one human being that's been lost... He gets way more excited than I did when I found my money clip or when you find your car keys or whatever, whatever you've lost, right? He gets way more excited. Now, Gene had made mention of this a few weeks ago. We were in Bozeman for their 10th birthday party, and it was great. And I know, I I believe Jeff showed a a video here of of a gal from down in Bozeman. and, And I have a few more videos that I'd like to sprinkle through the teaching today because it's just really important for us to, to see people's stories and to know, to know people. And, and I think it's important for us to see people from Bozeman because we are uh, one church in two locations. So it's real nice when we can, you know, show, show some videos up here about those people down there. The first one I want to show you is, uh, is a, a person, an, a, a man named Casey. And now from what, from what Russ and Chris have talked about, Casey is the first one that raised his hand after Connect was planted down in Bozeman to accept Jesus and to start this relationship with Jesus. And so I, I think you'll find his, his video uh, interesting, and then I'll come up and, and, and talk a, a few, have a f- couple points about Casey's video, but go ahead and roll that. So I was at a low point in my life, and I just woke up one morning on a Sunday feeling down in the dumps, I was on the phone with one of my good friends. You know, I was telling him, Nate, I'm feeling really terrible today. And he knew about my situation. And he was like, man, you know, just go to church. And so I packed up myself and my son. And I didn't care what kind of church it was. I wanted to go to a church and and seek God. Connect Church was not but a couple blocks from my house and there you know, 
I, I just happened to get there right at the right time and it was a life-changing experience. Being around people that had something that I wanted and I don't remember specifically, but knowing me, I would have to imagine it brought me to tears and the singing and all of it was, was definitely exactly what I was seeking that day. Do you remember raising your hand? Yeah, I do. And I remember being excited about it all. I mean, it was, it made me feel so good. Really wanted to make it more of a habit in my life. You know, I immediately brought my now wife to church, I think probably the next weekend. And I guess when they say on fire for Jesus or whatever, like I, that's that's kind of how I remember feeling for for that period of time. Just excited about the fellowship of, of all the people. And it made that hard time far more manageable. As hard of a time as that was, the church and everything, I feel like, really got me through that time. I, I certainly think about God and talk about God every day with my kids and my wife, and I think more about other people than I probably used to, and I'm way more responsible than I've ever been in my life, that's, that's for sure. And I, I know all of these things are... Uh, because of God, so life has gotten dramatically better from that day 10 years ago. I know that for a fact. And I don't think I would have the things that I have without God and be in the spot I'm at. So I'm very grateful. So that's Casey. That's a good video. There's a couple things I just want to draw out from, from what he was saying. Uh, the first thing he said that he was in a low point in his life, and I think each one of us can raise our hands and, and relate to that through our lives, getting to a place to where we're at a low place in our lives. And, and then something else I thought was interesting, he found Connect just a couple blocks from his house. What a divine encounter, you know? And, and like I said, he was one of the first that raised his hand, so... Connect couldn't have been having services there more than a couple weeks. And then he brought his girlfriend, now his wife, too. So that encounter for him impacted more than just his life. It impacted his wife's life and now his children's life as well. It changed his life. I, I like that. It, he talks about God more often now, right? He shares Jesus with his kids. He's more responsible. Life is better. He's very grateful. Casey's life was changed because he had a friend who pointed him to go to church, encouraged him to go to church. And, and I would say that that friend was on mission that day to, to point Casey in the right direction. Uh, there's a few parables that, that Jesus uses in Luke 15, and we just read the story about Zacchaeus in 19. But if you go back a couple chapters in in Luke 15, we see the lost parables is what I'll call them. Because we see the parable of the lost sheep. And I'm not going to read that. I'm just going to summarize them real quick. The lost sheep. The shepherd had 100 sheep. One was missing, so he had 99. And he went to look for that one that was lost. And then when he found the one that was lost, he rejoiced with his neighbors when he found it. And so even he could have just said, well, I got 99 more. What's the big deal? But no, he, he purposefully went and sought out that one that was lost. 99 were being kept safe. They were in their pen, but he went out looking for the one that was lost. And then when he found it, he rejoiced with his neighbors. The next parable that Jesus talks about is the lost coin. 
Uh, a woman had 10 silver coins and lost one, and she searched and searched and searched until she found it. She actually lit a lamp and she swept through her whole house to find this coin. And then when she found that coin, once again, she rejoiced with her neighbors. And then the last parable we see is the lost son, or sometimes called the prodigal son. Uh, The son asked for his inheritance from his father. He said, Dad, I don't want to wait. Just give it to me now. And so he went and he spent every last penny on wild living. He came back to work and he wanted to work for his dad as one of the hired hands because he was so destitute. He's like, you know what? I'm sitting here with the pigs. I'm eating this slop. My father treats his his, uh, slaves better than that. I'm going to go back and be a hired hand for my dad. So he went all the way back home. And he asked his father to be a hired hand. But his father didn't want any of that. He said, no, you're my son. And what he did is the father rejoiced and he threw a party for his son because his son was lost, but now he was found. The mission of Jesus is to seek and save people who are lost. And it's really interesting to me in the lost parables because the coin and the sheep, well, they didn't know they were lost. People, many times, we don't know that we're lost. I didn't realize I was lost before Jesus, but then the Holy Spirit started working on my heart, and then my mind started to change, and I was like, wow, I am really lost here in life. Until people like the Son come to their senses, people are lost, and many times they don't know that they are. This next video is from Colt and Susie Fredrickson. What a great young couple down in Bozeman. And I think once again, you'll find their story interesting on how God kind of brought them together and meshed their lives together and through Connects ministry down there, uh, but also through the Holy Spirit's leading. So go ahead and roll that video. So when Chris and I were getting ready to launch Connect Church, we were traveling around the state of Montana raising funds. We went to Chester, Montana and went to the Assembly of God Church there and we met Colt's family, Dan Fredrickson and his wife Holly, and they told me that their son lived in Bozeman, Colt, and that Colt was going through a a very difficult time in his life. I had gotten warning from uh, my dad that he had let Russ know, and I was like, oh, it was the start of a, a great friendship, and uh, of course, Colt's been a connector from the very, very beginning. I was open to the idea of, of reconnecting to people and really to my faith, and so I was willing to kind of get to know what, what was going on here. The point at which I came to connect, I hadn't really been in a relationship with Jesus for a long time. I had been kind of doing whatever I wanted to do, and it, it was not going well. And I I started to see that families and relationships were more important than the things that I had been caring about. Uh, A few months later, Susie moved back to Bozeman. So actually, I moved back to Bozeman uh, in 2008 when I was 20 weeks pregnant um, after my um, previous husband had decided he didn't want to be married to me anymore. It wasn't long before she caught Colt's eye. The first time that I saw Susie, Preston was a very, very newborn. And of course, everybody was gathered around this just beautiful little boy. Not too long after that, like I, I had noticed that she 
she was A, alone, and B, seemed like she was going through a lot. I just remember coming there and feeling so much love. And um, as a single pregnant woman coming to a church, I really felt shame. You know, I didn't have a wedding ring on and I was pregnant. <laughs> but nobody at Connect Church never made me feel that way. And I, I had several people just tell me that I was under Jesus's wing and I really felt like I was like I was being surrounded by people and um, there was so much healing that took place in my life and so I just started to kind of be interested in like what's her story and what's her, what's her deal you could very clearly tell that she was not ready for a relationship. I was dating another person. I wasn't pushy and I wasn't like calling her every day or texting her. Every time I got on Facebook, it was ding. And eventually she just kind of said, okay, let's let's go to let's go to City Brew. And I kept it really short. I, I didn't want that other person to see me on this coffee date. But then I was like, I, I knew that I needed to end this other relationship. Colt had invited me over for our first date, really. Basically went through like every hard question that a relationship goes through before they get married on our first date. We laid it all out there. When we were going to get married, we decided we were going to have a very small wedding. Even though there were people there, it really didn't feel like people were there. It was uh, this close, intimate time where we were committing to each other. I wasn't just... Um, Marrying Susie, I was marrying Susie and Preston. My my commitment to, to be Preston's dad and to be there for him is something I take very seriously. For Colt to basically adopt my son on that day. I mean, that, that's beyond words, you know. Everybody's like, worst nightmare is being a single mom. And here this person was, like, wanting me, just for me and my son really becoming his dad that day. Yeah, so now Susie and I have uh, three kids, uh, Preston, Aria, and Zeke. Part of um, Colt and I's deep relationship is this intimate relationship that we have between each other and then our relationship that we have with God also. It's, it's part of our daily lives, um, from praying at breakfast with our children to at night when Colt and I, before we go to bed, we have a, a devotional that we do together and pray together. And um, there's just no way for really true connection and relationship without God in it. I just couldn't even imagine my life without Susie, without my kids, without Jesus. Like our, our entire relationship and our entire family it just brings me so much more joy than, than anything that I uh, have ever had before. What a great story from Colt and Susie. And the interesting here, thing here is that I knew Colt when he was in high school. Uh, he would go up to the, uh, the camp at Hungry Horse, uh, youth camp, and, and his cabin, it seemed like their cabin was always next to ours. And, uh, and you know, you do a lot of pranks and stuff like that up at camp. And I remember pranking him a couple times and him pranking our, our camp, our, our uh, room a couple times and stuff. So it's, uh, it, was, it was really, an, it's a neat story to see where, where Colt was in high school, you know, and then him kind of wander away and really become what we call de-churched. You know, connect, we want to reach out to those that are unchurched, who have never known Jesus, or de-churched, 
who maybe had a relationship with Jesus, was introduced to Jesus, but then life gets in the way and people wander. And, and that's exactly what happened to Colt. But he came back and, and, and I thought it was interesting that, you know, Susie was going through a, a, a very difficult situation in her life. Once again, another low place. And, and maybe you haven't been where Susie is, but, but like Casey said, you know, there's a low place there. But she felt love. She felt accept, acceptance. And, and I thought it was really interesting that she said that she was at a place where healing could take place in her life. Uh, and I loved Colt's commitment to this new family. Uh, and when I think about Colt's commitment, I mean, he was all in, wasn't he? I mean, he was all in. And what, that's what Jesus wants us to be in our relationship with him. Jesus wants us to be all in in our relationship and our commitment to him. And now they have a deep relation, relationship with God they uh, a deep relationship with their kids, and, and Jesus just changes everything, doesn't he? Jesus changes everything in our lives. Um, Colt's family, I want to make mention of them. Colt's family was on mission and encouraged him to give Connect a chance. And then obviously Pastor Russ was there and, and knew Colt's family, so he was able to make that connection with Colt as well. Great story. Uh, I want to show another one now, and this one is near and dear to our hearts because it's Eddie's story, and Ed, Eddie's here today, and, and many of you might have seen this on Facebook. I know it's been running around Facebook the last couple of weeks, but it's worth another look here for each one of us today. Go ahead and roll that video, please. I was saved when I was 11 years old. Uh, I got away from God when I was 15, and I stayed away from God up until... You came to my house and said the prayer. Well, my life was totally nothing but chaos. I was an alcoholic, I was a drunk, um, probably a liar and a cheat. I was all of it. I've done drugs, I've done pretty much anything that most people haven't done, I've done. You said the prayer with me, and I accepted Jesus back then, and I've tried to be faithful ever since. Uh, coming to church, enjoying Connect, enjoying the people here because they're my brothers and sisters. So that's where I stand right now, that I'm trying to live for God. Connect means everything to me because it means that Jesus Christ is here. I feel him when I walk through the doors. I feel the, the spirit of Jesus, and uh, I learn every day. I learn every Sunday I come here, I learn something. Well, I, I would tell them, that, first of all, accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And then also find them a, a church like I did with Bob and Gene and the family here. I found Connect Church. Happy birthday, Connect Church. Yeah, give it up for Eddie. Once again, a life transformed and reconnected to God. You know, I thought it was interesting, as Eddie just said, told a little bit of his story, is that, you know, he found Jesus as a student. But once again, life's circumstances sometimes get in the way and derail us and take us down a path you know, that God never intended us to go, but he's always trying to 
get us back on track. He's always trying to get us back on track. And I know, Eddie, I haven't talked to you about this, but I'm sure there was, if, if you think, there was other opportunities in your life where, where God had sent somebody in to, to try to get Eddie back on track. But it wasn't until that day that, that when Kitty asked me to come over and I was able to go, and I remember that day like it was yesterday, be able to sit down and, and talk with Eddie and, and, and help him reconnect to God. Because that's what we are, right? That's the mission statement helping people reconnect to God and then to others. Now, Eddie's found a family here, right? Reconnected to God first and then got connected to connect Great Falls Campus. Once again, family, Kitty, was on mission to help her husband reconnect to God. I have one more video that I, I want to show. And, and this one is from uh, Tino and Vicky Riojas. Um, and Tino is, is uh, an elder on, the, on our Connect Elder Board. And um, it's, it's, it's neat because they are mature Christians, and it's, it's neat to hear their perspective on, on what Connect meant to them and, and kind of what was going on in their li- life when they found Connect. Go ahead and roll that last video, please. My daughter Christy had met Russ and Chris at my niece's house. So we didn't really know that that you were starting a church, but she came back to us and said, you have to meet these people. She thought that, that Chris and her had a lot in common, and so she thought that it would be wonderful for us to try the church. The first time I heard of Connect was really actually at Christian Center where these two folks came around and said they wanted to start a new work in town. And they were asking if anyone had a heart to join them. And uh, my heart was sparked. The reason why I stayed is the authenticity of Russ. He was real and he was human. He was a teacher and he talked more about experiences that was very similar to my experiences. He didn't come up and say, I'm a pastor, I'm perfect, you follow my example. It's, I'm a pastor, I'm a sinner, I make mistakes, and I'm going to try to lead you to, to Christ and to Christ's example. I stayed at Connect because I saw a change in my wife, and we kind of had this little uh, agreement that if we went, that we would grow. She listened to the sermons. She she got involved. I have a hard time getting close to people. Russ and Chris had asked us to uh, be greeters. <laughs> That's the last thing I wanted to do because I don't deal well with people. So being a greeter was totally out of my comfort zone. I have learned by marrying a Mexican for 36 years that touchy-feely is a common thing. And so I've learned to deal with that. But as far as being a greeter and these strangers coming in and I need to, you know, show them that they're welcome to connect, I didn't think that that was something that I could do. So when I'm explaining this to Chris, Chris told me, you don't have to hug them. She says... Just when they go past, give them a little booty slap. And I was totally comfortable for the the booty slap. So 
that's when I said, okay, I'll do the booty slap. I won't be, won't be hugging anybody, but I'll do the booty slap. What are you anticipating for the future? Oh, wow. I really feel that there's going to be a move of the Lord within Connect. I mean, we already are experiencing some, but I really expect to experience more and for more of the people to be touched, filled, healed, sent, directed. It, it is really wonderful and it excites me and I have much anticipation. God is good. I thought it was really neat. Uh, Vicki is just so real, isn't she? <laughs> I mean, I know you guys don't know her. Jean and I have known her for years, but, uh, you know, they tried out Connect, and it was, a, it was a personal connection and invitation by their daughter, you know. And Tino heard uh, that, that there was a new, uh, you know, a new church coming to town, but it was that personal connection, that invitation that, that brought them to Connect. And, and I like what she said about one of our values is authenticity, at Connect, and that really spoke to her that, uh, you know, Russ and, and then each one of us teachers, you know, we admit we make mistakes. We're not perfect, but, but what we want to do, we're going to lead you to Jesus so that all of us together can follow Jesus's example. And that's authenticity because none of us are perfect. Each of us is on this journey at different places in our lives, this walk that we call with Jesus. And, and I thought it was, it was something, something else was interesting. Is she kind of had a misconception about greeters, huh? <laughs> All greeters hugged. I don't know if the greeters here hug. Uh, you know, maybe we should start the booty slap. I don't know. That kind of that, that kind of sounds fun. You know, I'm sure it's girl, girl, guy to guy. You know, we need to keep it gender, gender there. But uh, maybe, we, maybe we need to, to start that. Let's talk with Jean. But what I thought was cool is that... It, uh, she needed to feel comfortable, but yet she was out of her comfort zone. You know what I mean? She didn't want to hug. She doesn't really like getting to know people, or it takes her a while to get to know people. But the booty slap was cool. But then she ended up being a greeter. So I just love it how, how that all came together. And then uh, the last question that Russ asked, if, if you could hear it. I know the audio was a little low. But he said, you know, what are you anticipating the future of Connect? And when Tino talked about that, Tino knows that we have a campus here, so he's talking about connecting Bozeman and us here. He said, God is doing something special. I like that because that's now. God's doing something special now. But he also said that God is doing something more for Connect and in and through Connect for the future. And he's excited, and he's waiting with much anticipation. And I know for each one of us here, I've talked with you individually and stuff, and and it seems like there is a, a great anticipation for what God is doing here in Great Falls, uh, what he's doing here right now in Great Falls, but also what he's done in the past. And we saw Eddie's testimony, and I know there's more testimonies out there. But we're also excited about what he is going to do in the future in and through each one of us here at Connect Great Falls. Jesus was passionate about the mission to seek and save the lost. Now, we don't do the saving, we do the seeking. We do the introduction. That, that's our role. We seek and we introduce people to Jesus, and then through the Holy Spirit's power, 
The Holy Spirit changes hearts. That's how that works. So the question I have for each one of us is, are you passionate about the mission? Am I passionate about the mission? Jesus gave his followers a a clear vision. He said, instead of fishing for fish, come follow me and I'm going to make you fishers of men and of people. That's what Jesus calls us to do. Jesus wants us to partner with him to be on mission. So think about this. Who might it be in your life? We saw the video of Casey, a friend encouraged him to go. We saw the other videos, family members encouraged them to go. So maybe it's a friend in your life. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a neighbor or someone at work who's an acquaintance at work. It's different for each one of us. You know, our paths cross many different people as we go through our weeks. Now, you don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to have a a minister's degree. You don't have to be a Bible expert or even a longtime Christian. An invitation is all it takes to help someone reconnect to God. Just an invitation. And each one of us can do that. And, and if you really think about it, we're all ministers. Now, we might not all be certified, but I looked up minister in the dictionary, and there's several, there's several definitions. One definition says this, a person acting as an agent or an instrument on behalf of another. A person acting as an agent or an instrument on behalf of another. And isn't that what we are for Jesus? We are Jesus' ambassadors. We're his instruments, and, and we lead our lives on behalf of him, and we introduce people to Jesus so that Jesus can change lives. To me, that brings me freedom. I, I don't have to save people. That's not my job. I just need to do the introduction and then step aside and let Jesus do that, and then, you know, be alongside the person if they have questions or concerns or whatever. Paul, when he wrote to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians, called us Christ's ambassadors. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says this. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Think about that. God is making his appeal through us for the people that we have in our lives, the friends, family, and the co-workers that don't know him. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you use us as your ambassadors, and, and we're just your instruments, God. All we are is, is uh, the introducers we introduce people to you, whether it be in, in, in connection groups at our house or whether it be here on Sundays or, or whether it be just at work having a chat. We just introduce people to you. And then through the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you do the rest of the work. And so I just say thank you for that. Thank you uh, for using us. And, and now I just want to pray for, uh, for each one of us here, you know, Maybe you've seen uh, these testimonies, these stories, and, and maybe you yourself are, are unchurched. <laughs> maybe you, you've never really been around church a whole lot or haven't really understand, but something's drawing you right now, something in your mind, in your heart, and you're like, man, I want, 
I want what I saw in those people's lives on, on the screen there. I, I want something different. Well, today you have an opportunity for that. Or, or maybe you, you walked with Jesus years ago as a child or as a young adult or whatever, but life circumstances have kind of derailed you in your life, and you're like, man, I need, to, I need to get back. Just like Colt said, he knew he wasn't doing right, and he, he just needed to get back around people that loved Jesus so that that could rekindle his relationship with Jesus. And then, wow, it, you know, Jesus just changed his life. Each one of the people's lives we saw today are, are changed because Jesus is a part of their life. And, and so that maybe that's you today. And with our, our eyes closed and, and our heads bowed and we're in this time of prayer, maybe you'd like to recommit or commit your life to Jesus. And so nobody's looking around. I'm just going to ask you to raise up your hand real quick. I'm just, I'd like to pray with you. Thank you. I'd like to pray with you. Thank you very much. You may put your hands down after you raise them. Thank you very much. Uh, we all need a, a reconnection or a connection in our lives with Jesus. So there's several of us, and I'm just going to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask everybody to just repeat after me. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus. I know I'm a sinner. I've fallen short of the mark. But you sent Jesus on my behalf to take my penalty. And I say thank you. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Change my life right now. Take my sins away. Change my heart. I want to follow after you. Help me do that. I commit my life to you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.